0: Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. It's good to be in God's house with God's people. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome those who might be joining us online. We are in the middle of a series that we have been calling Signed, Sealed, and Delivered, I'm Yours. Signed, Sealed, and Delivered, I'm Yours. You might recognize that, that, uh, those lyrics from Stevie Wonder back in 1970. He wrote that song. I believe Pastor Sean said he was a, a negative six when that, when that song came out. That would have made me a positive four. See if you can do the math on that one. Well... We've heard from Pastor Sean and on a powerful message on signed which part of his message was that we are written that we are written or ingrained in the palms of God's hands which means that wherever God goes what happens we go, we go to turn us up turn to your neighbor and say we go with God amen And then last week we heard from Pastor Steve in a message that he entitled the seal portion of that message which meant that we were sealed for the day of redemption, which means that we have entered into a blood covenant with the Father, that God can do all things but lie. Amen? That what he says he's going to do, he's going to do, and that blood cleanses us from all of our sins, past, present, and believe it or not, future sins. If you've not listened to those two messages, go back and listen to those messages. Well, today you've got a clue as to where I'm going in this message. This message is going to be on deliverance, on delivered, And I'm coming out of Romans chapter 5. I like that the passage that God gave me this morning, many of the afflictions of the the righteous. But God delivers us from us all, from them all. Amen. In Romans chapter 5, this is what it says. If therefore we have now been pronounced free from guilt through his blood, much more. Say much more. Much more more shall we be, what's the word? Delivered. Delivered from God's anger through him. Through him. Now, someone say this with me. God is not mad at me. God is not mad at me. And oftentimes when affliction comes into our lives, what's the first thing that happens? Where where does our mind go? God must be mad at me. And that's what the devil tells you too, by the way. But this scripture tells us that God is not mad at us. We've been delivered from God's anger through him. Now, who's the him that they're talking about? Someone say Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, and so, so our focus is always going to be on him, on Christ. It's always going to be on the one who can change and bring deliverance to us all, amen? Because of his sacrifice, God is not mad at us. He took the wrath that we deserved. It was all poured out on Jesus. Now, if you reject Jesus, the wrath of God still abides on you. But for those of us who have surrendered our lives to Christ, that wrath has been assuaded in Christ, amen? Does that make sense? In fact, so, 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 so what is God expecting of us? Well, Jesus gave us a clue while he was speaking to the women of the well in John chapter 4, verse 23. He said, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father. What's the words? In spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. In other words, God is looking for something. He's not looking for people who are who are just gonna go through the motions and check boxes. Check, I came to church today. Check I, I put something in the offering plate. I, I gave something to the homeless person, you know, on the street. We're not talking about box checkers here. God is looking for true worshipers, those who will be real with him, not just religious. And so as it relates to deliverance, there's four practical things that we can do if we're going to experience this deliverance that God already purchased for us. Are you interested in what they are? Okay, the first one is we have to become a worshiper of the Father. We have to become a worshiper or a true worshiper of the Father. Now, I'm not just talking about worshiping him in just the good times. How many you know that's easy? When everything is going well and the bills are paid and no one's arguing with you and the kids are act, doing the right thing, it's, amen. Is that, is that Luna? She gave me an amen out there. It's easy to do. It's easy to worship him when everything is going right. But listen to what 1 Thessalonians five eighteen says. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. Someone say, in all. Now, I want to point that out to you. In all is not the same as for all. In all is not the same as for all. It wouldn't make sense for him to say, give thanks for all circumstances. I broke my leg today. Thank you, God. I got a diagnosis of, you know, whatever. Thank you. He's not saying for all circumstances, but he is saying, in all, circ- all circumstances, the will of God is for us to give thanks. We need to find that place in our hearts and in our walk with the Lord that, where we're giving thanks in spite of what's coming our way. When we le- Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. When we learn to become a true worshiper, you're, you're, you're on your way towards uh, walking in the promises that's going to bring deliverance in our lives in spite of what's taking place. Number two, we be- when we, we walk in that deliverance, when we learn to stand on his word. John 15, 7, Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it may be done. What does it say? It shall, be done. it shall be done. And so what does that word mean, to abide? Well, I like to let Scripture interpret Scripture. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, it says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and does what? Puts them into practice. Puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. That's what it means to abide or to live or to stand on God's word. It means that we are going to take his word and put them into practice. We're not just going to let it go in one ear and out the other. So, where the scripture says, for instance, I want you to forgive as God has forgiven you, what does he expect you to do? It ain't complicated. Help me out, somebody. He expects you to walk in forgiveness. Where where he says, I want you to be patient with one another. What does he expect you to do? To be patient with one another. Some of you are getting it. Where he says, I want you to give or to prioritize me in your giving, what is the practical thing he's asking you to do? To be generous in your giving. Amen? Amen. Put what he says into practice, and then we're going to see the mighty deliverances that he promises. To us in our lives. We abide in him by doing what he says. Does that make sense? And by focusing dearly on Christ. Listen to what the scripture says in John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. It says, In the beginning was the word, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. And if you're confused as to who he's talking about in John 1:14, it tells us, so the word became human and made his home among us he was full of help me somebody love. condemnation he was full of accusation help me help me somebody love. he was full of what he was full of unfailing love and what else and faithfulness and we have seen his glory in the glory of the father's one and only son so who is he describing that's full of unfailing love and faithfulness And who does that unfailing love and faithfulness go toward? Turn to somebody and say, to you. you. Turn to somebody else and say, to me too. too. God's got unfailing love for each and every one of us. Can I get an amen on that one? That's a powerful thing. But we need to keep our focus. We need to keep our focus on Jesus, who's the Word made flesh. In fact, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, fix your eyes on Jesus, not your problems, Not your circumstances, but fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Now, someone rightly said it this way, that the Bible is God's love letter to all of us. In fact, it's been signed, sealed, and delivered to every single one of us. I remember when I was in the military many years ago, as a young man, I was going into the Air Force basic training. And I just, right before I left, I just met my beautiful bride. We're going to be married some 33 years this year. But at the time, amen, to God be the glory. You don't hear stories like that anymore today. But at the time, we, be- we had just become friends, and she was one of those, the ones who was writing me on a regular basis. Um, well, she, par- she apparently took a liking to me. And, and, and back in the days, what we'd do, we'd, we'd write letters. Today, they don't do that. They do emails. They do text messages. But she would write these letters, and these letters started to become love letters about how, I mean, about how her day was going and, and stuff like that, and it morphed into more touchy-feely sort of stuff about how she felt about me. This was a beautiful thing. And she was also very clever. As she was writing these letters, I started to notice that when i get these letters, they started to take on a scent. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can't do that with an email. Come on, somebody. And, and, and it was a beautiful smell. Well, in the military, they weren't very nice about giving you your letters. They would tell, they would just call out your name. There'd be like 50 of us in the room or, or in the squadron, and they'd call out your name and, Emmett Thompson, and I'd say, Emmett Thompson, right here, sir. And I'd be across the room, and they wouldn't let you go get the letter. You know, basic training is all about breaking you down. They'd fling that thing, and that thing might bounce off of somebody's head or hit the wall or hit the ground, but it didn't matter to me. How I many you know it didn't matter to me? What I'd do is I'd go get that letter, I go pick that thing up. And what's the first thing I do? Oh, my goodness. Smell like heaven to me. Smell like heaven to me. I did not care. I picked it up. I would smell it because I knew that letter was signed, sealed, and delivered to me. Come on, somebody. And it was probably sealed with a kiss. Uh-huh. Someone say, Uh-huh. In the same way. Say in the same way. The Bible talks about the word is God's basic instructions before leaving the earth uh, or, or his love letter toward each and every one of us. And it's been signed, sealed, and delivered. If, if, if we're going to walk in deliverance, if we're going to walk in, uh, 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 in what God wants for us, we're going to take the time to abide in his word or practice what he says and open that thing up and read what it says. Does that make sense? And no matter what's going on in our lives, we don't take our eyes off of Jesus for anything like Peter did when those storms started coming his way. In the midst of the storms, that's when we keep our eyes fixed on him. Amen? We keep it laser focused on him, the author and the perfecter of our faith. The first thing is we need to become true worshipers of the Father if we're going to walk in the deliverance that God has for us. The second thing is we're going to abide in his word and practice what he tells us. Let me give you Number three. If we're going to walk in the deliverance that God has provided through his son, Jesus Christ, we are going to learn, and this is a a rough one, to wait on the Lord. To wait on the Lord. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord. You ever heard that song? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Help me out, somebody. They shall walk and not grow weary. They shall run and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. To wait. That comes straight out of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. The scripture makes it clear that they that wait upon the Lord shall get a reward. They shall become stronger. The truth of the matter is, how many know that nobody really likes to wait? Anybody likes to wait? Come on, put your hands up. Don't, don't put your hand up. We don't like to wait in line. We don't like to wait at traffic signs. We don't like to wait at the doctor's office. We don't like to wait in the grocery line. Come on. When we go to fast food restaurants, and we go through the drive-thru, and when you see that line wrapped around the building, like at the Chick-fil-A's, how many like to wait in that line? Wendy's, whatever. And this is the worst thing that happens. Help me. Is it just me? You finally get up to the window. And what do they tell you to do? Uh, Can you pull forward and wait over there? Why do they do that? Because they don't want to wait. It's messing up their numbers. (laughs) Nobody likes to wait for things because it can be a little stressful. And every now and then we get thrown into God's waiting room. And it's just as stressful. If anybody says they don't mind waiting on an answer from the Lord, I question them. An answer to prayer, an answer to some kind of affliction coming your way. Sometimes it's very difficult to wait. Somebody rightly said it this way, though. When it comes to God intervening in our lives, listen to me. He's never late, but he's seldom early, but he's right on time. Come on, somebody. Isn't that true? And don't tell me that he's not an on-time God. You can just look through the Scriptures and find multiple examples of him being an on-time God. Just ask Moses at the Red Sea, did he show up on time? Ask Joshua with Jericho, did he show up on time? Samson with the Philistines later on in his life? Gideon and the Midianites? We serve an on-time God. I can almost hear Mishila singing that song. Remember when Sheila would come to the church, she would sing that song? and No one knows who I'm talking about? He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Listen, listen. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Come on, one more time. I said, he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Give God a glory. Come on. And what he did for them, he will do for us. If we're going to walk in the deliverance that God has for us, that God has provided for us, come on, somebody. We're going to learn to get to that place in our lives where we will wait on the Lord. The psalmist said as much in Psalms chapter 40, verse 1 through 3. You heard it sung in the, message, in the worship this morning. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, put uh, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. And then it tells us why he did it. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. And many will see and fear the Lord and do what? Put their trust in him. Why is God going to deliver us? So that he can get the glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so let me give you the the first one, the first reason we're going to walk in that deliverance. We need to become a what? A worshiper. What's number two? We're going to walk in his word and abide in his word. What's number three? We're gonna to get to the place where we're gonna wait on the Lord. Let me give you number four. And this is now the one that's a little bit difficult. We are going to get to the place where we surrender our will to His. That means we're gonna be willing to say to the Lord, not my will but yours be done. That's probably the hardest one to do because we have our own agendas, we have our own expectations, we have our own timelines for where we should be in our lives, when we should be there. So it's hard to say not my will but yours because most of us want what we want when we want it if we're honest. That's why we get so upset when things don't happen the way we think they should. But again, Jesus is our example, and this is what he said on the eve of the most important day of all of our lives, his crucifixion, when he was facing that tough thing. This is what he said in Luke chapter 22, verse 42. He said, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Amen? And so with that act, everything became, when Jesus became obedient to that expectation in his life, things became signed, sealed, and delivered for every single one of us. But the truth of the matter is if sometimes we find ourselves in that same place, in our lives where the cup that we're dealing with is a cup of trials. is a cup of suffering, a cup of pain, a cup of discomfort. And it's hard to, to, when you're going through those things, to see the will of God, especially when you start to, you feel like you're suffering. Well, this also seems to be a part of the process of deliverance. When I finally come to that place of surrender, when I come to that place when I say, Lord, I may not be able to trace your hands, but I trust your heart. I I, I don't understand, or maybe I don't even agree with all that's happening in my life right now. But right now, I want you to know that I trust you, that that your plans are perfect. And even though I don't necessarily agree with what's happening to me right now, I'm going to surrender to it. Come on, someone say, I surrender. I surrender, Lord. I don't understand it but I surrender my will to you. Not my will, but yours. Now let me encourage you this morning that as it relates to deliverance that so many of us are waiting on, that we will get to that place in our lives and in our hearts when when without a doubt we we say to the Lord, I want to be a true worshiper. Regardless of what anyone else is doing, I want to follow you. And come hell or high water, I'm going to walk in your word and stand on your promises because your promises are yes and amen as we heard in the worship this morning. And where it says, I need to learn to wait on the Lord because it says, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Even though I may not like it, Lord, I come to that final thing as well. Even though I may not like it, Lord, I submit my will completely to you in Jesus name. When I get to that place, how do you mean you know your deliverance is coming? The one that's been purchased already by Christ will start to manifest in our lives when we start to walk through this process in our lives. My question to you this morning, as we come to a close, is, is that you? Is that where you're at? That's where I'm at. I've I've had to come to that place where I say, Lord, I don't necessarily like all that's happening. I don't understand all that's taking place. But, Lord, let your will be done and not mine. Nothing wrong with that. Amen? And so if that's you today, if you're listening online, that's where you're at as well, I invite you to come to that same place of, of surrender. The Bible says, cast your cares on me because I care for you. He says, take my yoke upon you because my burden is easy and my yoke is light. And so I want us right now to assume a position of even where we're at, of humility before the Lord. Let's make an altar right where we're at in our seats before the Lord. Bow our heads, close our eyes, and maybe slip up our hands in an act of surrender to the Father. And then. Whatever that is that you are facing, whether it's an uncertainty of the future, whether it's an affliction that's come your way or something you've been dealing with for a long, long time, you may not be able to trace his hand, but I promise you, you can trust his heart that his promises are yes and amen to every single one of us. And it's been signed, sealed, and delivered. It's a love letter for each and every one of us to you and to me. So, Father, right now, I surrender all. Say, not my will, but yours. Fill me with your spirit, with your power, with your love. Give me the grace that I need to walk through even this trial in my life. Recognizing what your word says. That many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. Come on. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. Father, I thank you for your mighty deliverance in my life by faith. We completely place our trust in you. Even at Jesus' darkest hour, where it seemed like all was lost, that was the greatest victory in all time because he purchased salvation for every single one of us, signed, sealed, and delivered. If you're here today, you've not yet trusted Jesus as your are saving your Lord, now is the time. Say, Father, come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all said amen. Amen Amen and amen. Give God a clap offering this morning. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.